Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. All right, welcome to the conversation. As some of you might know, uh, honestly, it's not really rewarding politics. Uh, we got another case of that in this uh, situation. So let's bring on our next guest. It's uh, Corbin Trent. Uh, he was actually the communications director of Justice Democrats. Um, when Justice Democrats launched, he was a communications director of AOC uh, in her congressional office. And he's now the founder of No Excuses Pack, Corbin Trent. Welcome. Hey, how are you? Thanks for having me on. Uh, no problem. So um, Corbin, you have what is considered a controversial quote in DC. Now I wanna show folks, yeah. what's that? I said I've had a couple of those. Yeah, you have had a couple of those, right? Yeah. Uh, and uh, of course the controversy uh, surrounds the fact that it is obviously true, uh, thereby making it more controversial. Um, so uh, I wanna show the quote and then have a fun conversation around it. Um, you told Politico in an article where they were asking about whether Joe Biden's going to be primaried. Quote, he's deeply unpopular, he's old as crap, let's say. He's largely been ineffective unless we're counting judges or whatever the hell inside baseball scorecard we're using. And I think he'll probably get demolished in the midterms. People will smell opportunity and DC's filled with people who wanna be president. Now, if I'm before I even get you involved, Corbin, I'm gonna break that down real quick. People, this is filled with people who wanna be president. Can anyone argue with that part? No, of course not, right? <laughs> Number two, he'll probably get demolished in the midterms. They actually, all the pundits agree, all the pollsters agree. So I don't know why that would be controversial. The judges are important, but it is inside baseball almost, no progressive, not progressive, almost no Democrat really votes based on that. Right wingers do on pro life, pro choice issues. Um, and he's been ineffective. Well, he hasn't passed any bills. He's unpopular, that's a matter of fact. And he's old, also a matter of fact. So let me start with a funny question. Um, other than the fact that it was blunt, do you have any idea what they're actually objecting to? I think the thing is that you, especially something that's true, you don't talk about it. And the Democratic Party, the operatives there, and the media that surrounds them, I think, have this sort of expectation that if they just stand still, that things are going to be okay. If they don't acknowledge things uh, falling apart, then they're not falling apart. And when you call it out, I mean, I think the other the other quote that I had that sort of set them on fire was the I said the cowardice of the Democratic Party is the greatest threat to human rights. And I think they got upset about that particular quote for the same reason that it's, you know, that it's, it rings true to people. And, you know, for whatever reason, like you say, you see poll after poll shows Biden's approval ratings dropping. Uh, he's deeply unpopular. And if we hadn't just been on the heels of Donald Trump, the most unpopular president in modern history, then it would be astonishing how unpopular he is at this point. I mean, it's you know, it's right there with Jimmy Carter. That's the reason people are making these uh, these you know these uh, suggestions of a primary point because there are some analogs to that. But I think the the core of it is 
you, if you're a democratic strategist, if you're, you know, if you work in this field, you're not supposed to talk uh, talk trash uh, about the team. You know, you're supposed to be a team player, always. Never, never talk bad. Uh, never bring up anything negative. Yeah. Well, by definition, that means you should lie consistently because because sometimes Democratic politicians are doing great in polling and sometimes they do terrible. Um, and and uh, if you assess why they're not doing well, that might actually help. But God forbid that should happen because everything is about marketing. That's the crazy thing. Like I, I, I am in a red state. I live in Knoxville, Tennessee, which is a deep red part of a deep red state in a deep red region. But it wasn't always this way. Right, Tennessee voted twice for Bill Clinton. We, you know, Al Gore was uh, the senator from Tennessee, and I'm not talking like we don't have to go. We don't have to time travel to the 1960s when the you know when the South was all Dixiecrats. I mean, I'm talking in 2005, six. Tennessee was blue. You know, there was Democratic senators, Democratic governors. West Virginia was had a Democratic majority in the state house, supermajority until like eight years ago, six years ago. We're talking recent history here. The Democratic Party is losing people in droves. You know, and it's not just Southern white males. People of color are leaving the Democratic Party across the you know across the spectrum. We're seeing people get turned off by the Democratic Party because they're embracing this sort of corporate agenda. They're embracing. I mean, right now I'm seeing. Uh, you know, I'm seeing all this controversy around maybe passing legislation that bars members of the House and Senate from trading in stocks, right? And that's controversial, whether or not people that are making decisions that impact the market, that impact specific companies should be trading on those specific companies is controversial. It's nuts. And the Democrats are out there fighting for that agenda. It's, but it's yeah. shocking. Well, let me. Corbin, let me get you in more trouble because um, we do speak truth on this show. And um, I don't think if you have cancer, for example, I don't think it's a good strategy by the doctor to tell you you don't. Um, so so let's be honest, right? Mm. Um, right now in, in deep red Tennessee where you live, um, does anyone think that the Democratic Party is a working man's populist party? I've not encountered any of those. I mean, so I'll tell you what's interesting about the Democratic Party where I'm at. They have meetings in the the county that I'm from has a Democratic Party, and they have meetings. They have meetings at noon at the country club, and I'm not kidding. That's when midweek at noon at the country club. It's not a. It's not even trying to be the working man. I mean, if you have a job, you can't go to the Democratic Party's meetings because you're at work. You know, so no, it's not uh, it's not fooling anybody. It's not even attempting to. That's the problem. And you know, I mean, my family. I've got a family of union organizers on one side, and then uh, other you know other organizers on the other side. And uh, you know, what I don't understand is why the Democratic Party isn't returning to its roots. It's FDR roots. It's labor roots. It's building. You know, it's building roots. It's roots of, of building a strong country, a strong party. When in this last election, you had. One man at the top of the ticket, Joe Biden, and then Nancy Pelosi running to try to build a majority in the House. And both those people were going around during the election talking about how they wanted to see a strong Republican Party. Because in their minds, they were sort of running against Trump or whatever it was. I mean, it, to me, it makes no sense that you've got leading Democrats fighting for a Republican Party. I would like to see Democrats fighting for control of the, of the government so that we can implement our agenda and improve the lives of the people in this country. 
So let me get this right. You are correctly assessing a problem that the Democratic Party has uh, is wrong. Mm -hmm. uh, but Nancy Pelosi and Joe Biden rooting on a stronger Republican Party is right. I think that's what they call 6D chess. <laughs> well, they would have to go to six dimensions for that to make sense. Yeah. yeah. Um, and and Corbin, kidding aside, I mean, what the media and and Democratic consultants seem to be doing is trying to paint you as being pro-Republican by criticizing Joe Biden. Yeah. Uh, is that correct? I think it's correct. That they're they're absolutely trying to do that. Um, but no, I mean, I am the farthest thing you could. Uh, Oh, it's fine from a Republican. I'm actually what I'm advocating for is a strong Democratic Party that can claw back places like mine that can come back to being a party of working people uh, and and can actually fight back the Republican agenda because I think it's a dangerous. The only the only hope I have is that the Republican Party is so devoid of any ideology, any ideas, and any drive, and their work ethic so bad that even if they do beat us in the midterms and then God forbid beat us in 24. We can still get it back from them because they won't do anything useful and they won't win the hearts of that many, the hearts and minds of that many Americans. So no, I'm not a, I'm not a coddler of the Republican Party. I think they are dangerous. I think they're, you know, devoid of any any good ideas mostly, and I think they're, you know, they're they're a party that's being led around by a demagogue right now too, largely. So. Yeah, so um, look, I, what I'm worried to death about is that uh, a Republican uh, that's in the fascist camp, which there's now several of those, but they're not all in that camp. Most of them are still just normal corporate Republicans that do regular robberies. Uh, and yeah. um, But if one of the fascist wins like Donald Trump, uh, then I'm worried it's the last election we're gonna have. Um, and so, uh, but in order to avoid all of that, you would think that Democrats delivering on some of their promises might help. But let me ask a little bit more specific question there. What's your sense of in the South? What are the policies Democrats already have that if they did them would actually work, would get people to go, huh, let me reassess Democrats. Maybe they're not elitist snobs, maybe they're actually looking out for me. I think there's tons, but I think one of the ones that would be most useful is childcare. I think there's a lot of people here that are paying really an extraordinary amount of their income towards you know childcare, babysitting, things like that. There's a lot of single moms, single dads that aren't able to participate as much as they'd like to in the workforce because of that. I think that's a huge, it could be a huge win. Now, I will say though that the other thing that I think the Democrats have done really well is this child tax credit that we're you know people are getting hundreds of dollars every month, right? But the problem is they're terrified of actually messaging on that. But for one thing, they just let it die. So they would have to figure out you know, why they let something good die. But the other thing is they were afraid of Fox News blaming it, blaming inflation on their agenda and on their policies. And I think that's the really, to me, that's the most irritating thing about the Democratic, you know, the Democratic Party's agenda, even when they pass stuff, is they're terrified of their own damn shadows. They won't get out there and fight for the policies that they've even passed. They won't lead the message. They won't go out there and cheerlead their own stuff. You know, They're always in plain defense. Well, Corbin, you were part of a legendary situation where you did fight back. You were one of the organizers of the sit-in that AOC did mm -hmm. in Pelosi's office. And when you guys did that, well, did it put Green New Deal on the map like you wanted to? 
the goal was to get one question and one presidential debate about Green New Deal. Um, that's what we sat down and decided we wanted to do. And I would say that I, I think somewhere around 90% of the Democratic Party's candidates for uh, the nomination were supporting Green New Deal in some form or other, including Joe Biden. Ha, huh, look at that. It turns out when you fight, you can win. You can win. Right, but uh, the Democratic consulting class in their infinite stupidity have decided that Corbin telling the truth is the enemy. And that if you just put more lipstick on a pig, uh, that it'll uh, somehow uh, get the job done. Um, well, I'm worried Corbin- the same people that have been losing the what, thousand plus seats across this country. You know, we, we barely clawed it back. And I tell you, the thing is they got themselves fired up and thought, hey, we figured we solved the Rubik's Cube of how to win elections again. But the reality was they were fighting Donald Trump, who, who had, to me, that's who I credit for a House majority. That's who I credit for winning back uh, the presidency. If they'd had a normal Republican, then no way we would have done it. If they hadn't had, it was a golden goose in a lot of ways, you know? But yeah. You know, well, they they uh, but they're playing with fire, as you and I both know, right? Yep. And so uh, the more corporate they got, the more out of touch they got, the the bigger a boogeyman that they needed. Mm -hmm. So they wound up with a big giant fascist boogeyman named Donald Trump. And yeah. so yeah, but if you play with that fire and you're you're not very good at your job as not as pretty much. Almost no Democratic consultant in the country is good at their job. Uh, all they ever do is lead to complete and utter failures. Well, if Trump runs again, that fire can turn into an inferno because yeah. I wouldn't trust the corporate Democrat to run against them if my life depended on it. And, and last thing you know, I'll say about that is that it seems to me that the strategy right now, at least nationally, is to run on saving democracy, right? January 6th, save democracy. Certainly if I turn on MSNBC, that's what I see 24 hours a day, basically. And the ironic thing for me is that if you walk around this, where I'm at, both Democrats, you know, progressives and Republicans are gonna tell you that they think that our democracy is broken already. They're gonna point to things like, you know, the fact that we've got an overwhelming majority of people that wanna see gun control reforms, nothing happens, right? It doesn't matter how many people want to see something happen in this country. If the money behind it doesn't want to see it, it doesn't happen. So, you know, that's like, they're, we're, they're trying to get us to save something that basically is already broken in a fundamental way anyway. So, Well, that's the pig in the lipstick on a pig analogy. I guess uh, that the, rea the reality is the corporate Democrats take tons and tons of corporate money and that is corruption. Yeah. And they're trying to cover it up and make it seem like we're the bad guys for pointing out something that people already know. Yeah. We're trying to help you fix it. And it's not like Corbin doesn't know what he's doing. Uh, he was part of the AOC win, which was literally one of the biggest wins in American political history. And so instead of taking that advice, uh, they've decided, of course, as always, shoot the messenger. Um, all right, Corbin Trent, uh, founder of No Excuses Pack. Uh, thank you for speaking truth to power and for joining us. Thanks for having me. All right, we're back on the conversation. Um, I'm worried that uh, one of the parties uh, in this country is headed towards fascism. Uh, gee, I wonder which one it is. Yes, it's the Republicans. And um, but there are specific reasons to be. It's not just name calling. Uh, and so what uh, we want to do is bring on an expert uh, to talk about actual specific things that we are worried about and what it could lead to. So Eric Ward's back with us. He's the executive director 
of the Western States Center and senior fellow with the Southern Poverty Law Center. Eric, welcome back. Jake, it's a pleasure to be with you today. Happy New Year. You too, brother. All right, so Eric, I can give you dozens of examples, but I'll give you one from today. So a state legislator in Indiana upbraided someone in the school system for saying that, well, obviously we can teach that Nazism and fascism is bad. And he said, no, we don't want to make a value judgment on that. And I'm afraid that he's not being like a neutral fetishist that, in especially given that we looked up his background and his with militias, etc., that the Republicans are warming the country up for fascism. We are in a, a serious moment, and it is true we're seeing a number of, of, of signals. Whether we want to call it fascism, whether we want to talk about authoritarianism, what we understand is that the Republican Party has been both captured and co-opted. And it is now a political party that seeks to overcome, overwhelm, and dismantle American democracy. It's quite serious about it, Cenk. Whether we're talking about the example you just gave, the recent news that the GOP is indicating to Deborah Lipstadt, who is being considered as the appointee to anti-Semitism. In the Department of State are now saying she will need to apologize for calling out statements made by a Republican center senator that were deeply disturbing. We are seeing it from all facets of the Republican Party. But we're also seeing some resistance. Liz Cheney, regardless of where she and I may stand on specific issues, has been very clear that the Republican Party is in danger. And we should all heed those warnings, and including those of us who are progressives in the United States. What we are seeing one year after January 6th is both great resiliency to white nationalism, but also we are seeing some of the weaknesses and democracy is still vulnerable. Yeah, so look, if it was just anecdotal stuff like the one that I mentioned, you'd say, okay, well, that's one thing. But two, there's the talking points that now you could see in almost any right wing dialogue about how America is not a democracy. They say, well, it's a republic and not a democracy. They never explain the difference. There is a slight difference, but but they never explain it, nor do they even know it. What they're being warmed up for is democracy is not that as good as we, you know, as it's been made out to be, right? And yeah. uh, and we we're now covering uh, Trump uh, fans all over the country saying democracy is mob rule. I mean, there's great irony in that, Eric, uh, because January 6 was the definition of mob rule. That's um, right. So when you see the Rhetorical attack on democracy, and then you see a physical attack on democracy. Um, you begin to worry about a pattern, um, and and so what I'm worried about is, and I'm curious as to your take on this guy. I really genuinely don't know it. That the media, while saying yeah, it's definitely true that Joe Biden won. It's uh, and Trump saying he won is a lie, etc. They're clear on that. I give him credit on that. But when you say hey. It looks like the Republicans are wholesale trying to attack democracy itself. I feel like 
the media then goes, whoa, 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 that sounds like it's a bridge too far. Because it's in their DNA, it's in their every instinct that, no, I gotta call it even, I gotta call it even. So one, are you seeing that? And then two, let me ask you the obvious question of, is it even? It's certainly not even, we have one party. We have a two party system in the United States of America. And one party seeks to dismantle democracy. Let's let's be clear about something here, right? Democracy is the rules of governance upon which we make decisions in this country. A republic, right? A republican form of democracy is merely the process upon which we engage our democracy. We elect representatives. We also have direct democracy, ways we directly elect officials at the local and state level. This idea that the United States is a republic, right? This false distinction between republic and democracy that authoritarians and the insurgent right are peddling is historical revisionism. It is another form of a lie. There is no distinction in this country between American democracy and our Republican form of government. They're both valid, but one is being used to lie to the American public. Cenk, for the most part, the American public has rejected the big lie of the steal the vote rhetoric that was put out there. But media still believes that this is some debate that is happening in American society. There is no debate around whether democracy is the system upon which we make decisions in this country. That was decided by the 1968 civil rights movement in this country. That debate is over. The media has to understand that this is not a political debate. This is an attack on American democracy. That is what we are witnessing and people are caught up in it for many different ways and for many different reasons, but it is an attack. Yeah, so look, let me be crystal clear. I think if Donald Trump gets reelected, we're done. I don't, I think our democracy is over. He is not going to just step out of office. I mean, we barely got him out of there last time. And he considered a military option and his entire administration said they were going to resign. Next time he'll fill it with complete lackeys and they won't resign. And so we'll, we're toast if he wins again. So I'm not unclear about who the bad guys are. And and I think that I'm worried the Democratic Party doesn't get it. They They think that they're using it as like rhetoric to help them win the elections, but they don't actually believe it. They're wrong, they should believe it. It is an existential threat and they're treating it like it's not a big deal. And so that leads me to turn my wrath against the Democrats, Eric, because how do I know that they're treating it like not a big deal? Well, they have a piece of legislation which originally was HR1 for the People Act, which was terrific. And I almost never say that about democratic legislation because usually it's filled with corporate pork, etc. But that was a great bill. And that's why I knew it had no chance of passing. And the Democrats claimed that they would pass it on day one and it would be incredibly easy. I thought they would strip out the anti-corruption parts. Now, of course that happened. 
there was no way they were gonna pass anti-corruption from a very corrupt Democratic Party. And obviously the Republican Party is 100% corrupt and would never consider it. But I thought they would at least pass the voting reform parts that were both critical to preserving democracy. And yes, would actually help the Democratic Party because it would allow for more people to vote. And that is generally an advantage for Democrats. And it would end gerrymandering, which is a preposterous, nonsensical advantage for Republicans. But it appears the Democrats are that stupid. They still haven't passed it. And for the and so let me ask a specific question here, Eric. Is it too late if they pass it now for it to end gerrymandering in the 2022 elections? Since the states have largely redistricted already, are the judges gonna say the die is cast for this election? Yeah, it's never too late to do the right thing. And look, let's let's be clear, despite my criticisms of the Democratic Party, and there are many, I understand the position they are in, they have carried the ball on some very strong things. Biden's appointments of judges is significantly large. The In Congress, the January 6th Congressional Investigative Committee is doing a very good job. Right, the DOJ and the Department of Education have started to rein in those who think they can use our schools and our airports as the train of their culture war. But we really need the Democratic Party to carry the ball across the line. We need federal protection of voting rights, but we also need the protection of election workers who are being attacked and terrorized in this country. We all have to take this seriously including those of us who are watching the show. It's all hands on deck. It's time for us to understand that we could end up in the same place we were in 2017. Authoritarianism is still at the door. We have to roll up our sleeves and we all have to get to work. We have to make real the promises to the American people that we can run a stable democracy, that democracy works for everyone. But we don't get there if people don't even have the right to vote. And if we can't guarantee the integrity of that vote, it's a priority. Yeah, we're screwed. Democrats are at best incompetent. And so they already blew the 2022 election. They're the world's biggest idiots. That's my opinion, not Eric's. Anyway. Uh, so, but I'm going to ask you about one other thing that's critical to, to democracy. So, you know, look, we get the people who violently broke into the Capitol and they broke very specific laws, and it's easy to prosecute them. Even then, it's a bit of a struggle. But okay, that overall, I, I'm I'm okay with how that's proceeding. Um, but Peter Navarro and Steve Bannon are openly bragging about what they're calling the Green Bay Sweep, uh, which was the actual plan to steal the election. Uh, to throw it back to the states, have corrupt Republican legislators say, we don't give a damn who won, we're gonna declare Trump the winner. So that's a mortal threat to our democracy. Uh, but, but, But Eric, it's not clear what can be done about it, right? Because did they break an actual law? And if they didn't, do we just have to go, okay, I guess next time, maybe they'll do the coup attempt and it'll work. Yeah, what we'll see quickly is that Ban and Navarro will continue to try to find ways to manipulate the democratic process, right? That the process of democracy, not the political party. We have to be vigilant. But but look, here's the important piece to remember really quickly. On January 6th, the evening, the alt-right threatened to hold marches and demonstrations across the country. Those faltered. 
But those uh, rallies in support of democracy and voting rights outnumbered the alt-right around the country. There was mobilizations in towns around the community. Uh, the sin is the sin of despair. We can push back, but we all have to act and we have to act now. And we can't wait and depend on just the Democratic Party. We need them as allies, but as community leaders, as progressives, we have to stand up for American democracy. And we do that from the local level building up. Yeah, and and I do it by pushing the Democratic Party to stop being cowards and liars. So. And I don't do that out of hate, I do it because it's existential. You must fight the fascists, otherwise they're going to win. They're declaring over and over again, they're, if they win again, they already have a plan to do a coup in case they ever lose an election. It doesn't get any clearer than this, and yet Pelosi and Biden, and it's a, I don't have to ask you this and, uh, and we're out of time anyway. But Eric, it's a fact, they're doing nothing. They're sitting there doing nothing. And so, the, ironically, the republic is in danger. Uh, and, and there seems to be a lot of fiddling in Washington. Inaction will kill democracy. We need our leaders to get outside of DC to see what's happening in this country. Right? There are millions of Americans who are willing to use political violence. But there are also millions of Americans who are willing to roll up their sleeves and, and save democracy. But we need a partnership with the federal government. It cannot be a, a backpedaling in the fight for American democracy right now. It has to show up, must show up. All right, I'll leave the audience with this last fact. American Enterprise Institute, which is a very conservative organization, presumably did not like the findings that they got in the study that they did. But they found that nearly 40% of Republicans agreed that, quote, if elected leaders will not protect America, the people must do it themselves, even if it requires violent actions. When somebody tells you who they are, believe them. 40% of Republicans are saying we are violent and we are ready to take that violence into action. And yet the Democrats stand idly by. Um, All right, Eric Ward uh, not doing that. He's fighting the good fight at the Southern Poverty Law Center. Uh, Thank you so much for joining us, we appreciate it. Pleasure to be with you again.